It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team will usher in a new era in the history of the Silver and Black as they'll announce who their next president will be. Colin Cowherd, he puts Derek Carr in his top 10, but do we agree where he plays Carr? Well, we'll talk about it. You'll hear my conversation with Deontay Lee from The Athletic talking all things defenses and what potentially to expect from a Patrick Graham-led defense as far as the Raiders are concerned. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, July 7th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. And welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms. And Raider Nation, very excited about today's show. Very excited about today in general. The Raiders plan to announce who their team president is at 1 p.m. this afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. Got the email from the Silver and Black on Wednesday, and I was on the radio when that happened. And it's so funny. I thought that the email came through. I thought I I saw it pop up on my phone and even on my watch and then all of a sudden I went to my email and I couldn't find it and I kept thinking like what in the world's going on I just saw something from the Raiders and I can't find it somehow it slipped into another folder and eventually I found it I saw a tweet from my guy Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review Journal saying that the Raiders were announcing their team president on Thursday at one o'clock and I said man that had to be the email so I finally went through and I found it and so sure enough at Allegiant Stadium going on later on this afternoon again 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time the Raiders will announce their next president now two things to this one 
I will not be there. And I'm very angry about that. But I have a radio show to do starting at 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And the one day that they decide to announce the president is the one day that I have to be at Summer League. Summer League is starting here in Las Vegas today. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be in two places at the same time where I have to be at Allegiant Stadium at 1 o'clock, see who the president is, talk about the president, get maybe some interviews, some audio from the president, then all of a sudden shoot all the way over to the Thomas and Mack Center, be there, get my credentials. So it's just not going to happen. There's no way, no how it's going to happen that I'd be there to, uh, on time. So I'm not going to be able to be there. Of course, Radio Nation Radio 920 will have you covered. We'll talk about it here on this show. But what I can tell you about this, and a lot of people hit me up, was like, oh, Marcel Reese is going to be the president. No, he's not. Marcel Reese is up and coming. Don't get me wrong. Marcel Reese has a nice spot in the front office. He's still learning. He is not going to be the team president. But I will tell you this right now, Raider Nation. I'm so excited about this announcement of who the team president is going to be. And I'm so excited of the new direction that the Raiders are going in. And you know there's been a lot of conversation when it comes to the front office and what goes on as far as the business side of things and all the workforce and and the the workspace and all the different uh, allegations that are going up against the Raiders. So we know that they need to tighten up the ship, right? They need to make sure everything is on the straight and narrow and everything is going good and led by someone that's very strong and can handle their business well i'll tell you right now and i cannot wait to actually talk about this person this is going to be fun this is going to be historic this is going to be big time for the nfl so i'm very excited about what's going to be announced later on today i think raider nation you're going to get very excited as well and again the raiders are doing some big time things and i'm excited about the direction that they're going in and the direction that they've been going in for a while so at one o'clock pacific standard time the raiders will announce who their next president's going to be i'm hoping that i can get this person on the radio with me later on this afternoon and talk to him if not I'm sure JT the brick will either get him on I don't know somehow some way I'll definitely have this person on the podcast at some point just to go ahead and let the you hear that person's philosophies and I'm just I'm telling you it's, it's going to be an exciting time for every member of Raider Nation it's going to be very exciting for the franchise just a new chapter opening up later on today as far as the Raiders go so that's the biggest news right there very pumped up very excited about that another note from my guy Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I go to him a lot. He's a guy around town that covers everything, especially the Raiders like a glove. And he said the Raiders recently hired Heather DeSanto as their new head of human resources. DeSanto is a longtime HR pro who most recently served as senior vice president of human resources at the Venetian Resort. So just a side note right there that the Silver and Black have a new HR leader in uh, Heather DeSanto, something that we saw not too long ago them not have as the head of HR left the, the organization as well. So again, cleaning up their front office, cleaning up their, their organization, the business side of things, as they already did the football side of things earlier this offseason with the, the hiring of GM Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and everyone else they brought in. So the football side of things is cleaned up, and now the business side of things are going to be cleaned up later on this afternoon as the president's announced. But just a couple notes right there as far as that's concerned. So that's some things to get excited about, Raider Nation. Now, also, I've been talking a lot about guys on the national side of things that have been talking about the Raiders, talking about Derek Carr, and really starting to show some props and give some love. And I I keep saying, hey, I want to continue to bring this to the table. And matter of fact, I had Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports on my radio show on Wednesday talking about the Raiders and Josh McDaniels as well. And if I have enough time in this segment, I'll definitely play that. But I want you to hear what Colin Cowherd had to say. He was talking about his top 10 quarterbacks. And he was talking the other day about Devontae Adams 
Adams and talking about Derek Carr and what Brett Favre had to say about Devontae Adams was going to have, you know, his numbers weren't going to be as great when it comes to his play with Derek Carr as it was with Aaron Rodgers. And I remember Colin Cowherd said, I don't think it's going to drop off at all. I think Derek Carr is going to do a really good job. So on Wednesday, Cowherd gave his top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now. A lot of them from the AFC and a lot of them from the AFC West. I thought this morning, I thought, you know, instead of just talking about this, and I always get all this pushback, I'm like, I would just tell you my top 10 quarterbacks in the league. I I think it's fairly obvious. I think Mahomes is the best. He has the highest passer rating in league history, and he's won Super Bowls. So, I mean, his come from behind game against Buffalo, that's very rare space. I think number two is actually more talented than him, but he hasn't won enough big games yet, Josh Allen. Highest passer rating in a single postseason last year. Um, he's bigger than Mahomes. He's more mobile than Mahomes. I think he's a combination of Ben, Cam Newton. I'd put Brady at three out of respect. He did lead the NFL in passing yards and has since he joined the Bucks. I think he's the best pre-snap quarterback along with Peyton Manning in league history. Aaron Rodgers, four. Aaron's not very good in crisis. He doesn't have a lot of come-from-behind wins considering how many years he's been in the league, but he's a back-to-back MVP. Uh, he looks different when he plays. He throws the most beautiful ball. I'd put Russell Wilson, five. I think he's going to crush. Um, and the other thing about Russell Wilson, he's the only quarterback in the last four years in the NFL with a passer rating over 100. That was with a defensive coach and a shaky offensive line and a shaky defense. Uh, number six and seven, or Matt Stafford is number six, and I put him ahead of Joe Burrow, who he beat in the championship game. Stafford had 50 touchdown passes last year, and then Burrow is amazing. Burrow led the NFL in completion percentage and yards per attempt last year with a bad O-line. A uh, number eight, Justin Herbert, in the history of the NFL, no quarterback has thrown for as many yards or as many touchdowns in their first two years. Again, his first year was with a terrible offensive line. I put Kyler Murray nine, closest thing to Russell Wilson. He's gotten better every year, a total playmaker, one of the hardest guys to defend in the league. And then I would put 10 Derek Carr. And I'll just give you my Derek Carr numbers. Leads every quarterback in the NFL last seven years. And this is with the Raiders and the shaky coaching and the chaos and battle lines. Leads every quarterback with 30 game-winning drives. There's the herd right there giving you his top 10 quarterbacks. You see all the AFC representation. You see all the AFC West representation. So he has Mahomes, number one, AFC West. Josh Allen, number two, AFC. Brady, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, AFC West. Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, AFC. Justin Herbert, AFC West. Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, AFC West. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six total quarterbacks in the AFC conference. Only four represent the NFC. I have no problem with Mahomes at number one. Josh Allen, number two, fine. Brady, three, fine. Rodgers, fine. Russell Wilson, if you want to label him number five, fine. Even though he really hasn't proven to be that as of late, I'm still okay with that. Matt Stafford, you want to put him at six? Okay, I have no problem with that. Joe Burrow, seven. He hasn't been in the league doing it that long. Cool. Herbert, eight, I kind of question because he hasn't been into the playoffs yet, but I know he's the darling. Everyone loves him in Southern California. I know he's the next end-all, be-all, so at least that's what they'll tell you, right? Well, I kind of question that one a little bit. Kyler Murray, I definitely question at number nine. I just wonder, like, wait a minute, hold on. He starts off the season really well, but as we've seen with the Cardinals, they fade towards the end of the season. Is he a lot better quarterback than what the Cardinals had before him? Sure, but is he the guy to take him on a long, deep run? I, I don't know that yet. I don't know that that to be true, so see Seeing him there at number nine kind of question that as well. And then Derek Carr at number 10. And look, it's funny. 
he has him. He has Carr in the top ten. I shouldn't complain. I should say, hey, that's great. But I just I think that the 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 numbering of those guys could be a little bit different. But having them top ten, I have no problem with. I just think that Murray Herbert in front of him is kind of questionable. And Stafford, I know he's ahead of him just because he's got the ring and what he was able to do with the Rams last year, proven that he was a really good quarterback. Even though I think Stafford and Carr, I still believe are very similar. So that was Colin Cowherd's top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. And finally, as we close out segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. I mentioned Jeff Kerr. He's from CBS Sports. He was on my radio show talking all things NFL. And this is what he had to say about Josh McDaniels, what he thought it was going to happen with Josh McDaniels as the head coach of the Silver and Black now that he's had another opportunity to be a head coach. I'll tell you what, I don't think he could be any worse than he was in Denver. I'll just say <laughs> right. that. Uh, you know, and you got a franchise quarterback in Derek Carr. You, you got the weapons around him. Uh, you know, Hunter Renfro. It was probably the surprise of the league last year. I mean, probably not a surprise to you guys, but to everybody else, it's like, whoa, Hunter Renfro, 100 catches, 1,000 yards. You, you got Darren Waller, who's still a really good player. Devonta Adams is there now. I like the Josh Jacobs, Kengan Drake combo. I, I like the offensive line. I think it's getting better. Um, I love the Chandler Jones signing. I, personally, I think Josh McDaniels' best move was getting Patrick Graham to be his defensive coordinator. I, I think he... Graham is going to do wonders with the Raiders. And again, this is why I think the, the Raiders, you can't sleep on them in the AFC West. This is why this division is as loaded as it is. So I think it does all come down to how Josh McDaniels handles it the second time around. So there is Jeff Kerr right there from CBS Sports talking all things Josh McDaniels. Just real short, and you heard what he said about hiring Patrick Graham, and that's one of the best things that he can do. And I'm excited about it as well. Of course, they're going to be running that 3-4 scheme. That's going to be the base. How big of a difference is that going to be from what they usually run as they're traditionally a 4-3 team? How will that impact some of the big-time players like a Max Crosby, like a Denzel Perriman, Trayvon Mullen, if he's possibly out there. Trayvon Merrick, who's a second-year guy. Jonathan Abram. How will that impact those guys? That is a good question. Deontay Lee from The Athletic. He joined my radio show on Wednesday to break down all things NFL defenses. Really good conversation, and uh, you're going to hear that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about Built Bar. And I check the website for Built Bar every single day. It's a great taste in protein bar. They have so many great flavors to choose from, and as it's summer and a lot of kids are at home, you know what they do? They get hungry. And when they get hungry, they just go to the refrigerator and they look for something or they go to the pantry and look for something and they really don't care what it is and they're really not even hungry they're just bored but when they go and get something they look for that snack something good to leave them built bars they're very low in calories high in protein low in sugar but great taste there's a brand new one to check out right now raspberry lemonade that's a new flavor they've always had raspberry that's an og flavor but raspberry lemonade is brand new to built bar that's one that you might want to check out i'm waiting to get mine in the mail have not got them yet Coconut brownie chunk puffs. If you like that marshmallow flavor backing, they got that. White chocolate berry granola bar. They got that as well. And, of course, they have plenty of other flavors to choose from as well. So no matter what you need right now, you can get it at Built Bar or Built.com is the website. Lock15 is a promo code where you save 15% off your order when you go to check out. But just know you're getting a great tasting protein bar a great tasting snack it tastes really good you won't feel bad because it's good for you built.com use that promo code lock 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk some NFL defenses. I was very offensive heavy when it came to Wednesday's podcast. I want to be very defensive heavy. And to help me do that, I had my guy Deontay Lee from The Athletic. He joined my radio show, Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness on Wednesday. And he is a football coach. He knows defenses really, really well. So myself and DeMond thought it was a really good idea to have him on the show. And it's so funny because, you know, when we ever talk about defenses, we always say, oh, 4-3, 3-4, cover one, cover three, this, that, and the other, you know, zone, press man, all this other stuff. And we just assume that everybody knows exactly what all that means. So I know damn well that there's folks out there that are thinking, okay, I don't exactly know what the differences are between some of these, except for the terminology is a little bit different. So I thought that it would be okay to have Deontay on and just break all things down, kind of look at what the differences will be in Patrick Graham's scheme, as opposed to what Gus Bradley did a season ago when the Raiders took a step forward on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that they need to continue to take a step forward on the defensive side of the ball. And it's so funny, uh, he actually told me that he's going to put out something, a piece on The Athletic, where he really, it's almost like a go-to, like a glossary, like a guide to what terminology means what as far as NFL defenses go. So it's funny that I had him on the radio show on Wednesday to talk about it, but I thought it was a great conversation. I think it really helps break down what possibly you can expect to see from a Patrick Graham-led defense. So uh, let's go ahead and just jump into that conversation. Here's my conversation with Deontay Lee from The Athletic talking all things defenses from Wednesday's Raider Nation Radio 920. Joining us on the phone lines is our good friend of the show, Deontay Lee from The Athletic on Twitter at Deontay Lee FB. And Deontay, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I really wanted to focus in on NFL defenses. And the first thing I wanted to do was think about what Patrick Graham, the new Raiders defensive coordinator, is attempting to do as the Raiders have traditionally been a 4-3 team. Now he's bringing in his base 3-4 scheme and I know a lot of it's just kind of semantics, and a lot of it is just these guys are football players. They'll figure it out. But in realistic terms, as a football coach, how long do you think it will take for some of these guys to pick up the small nuances of the switch at the defense? Um, I think it all kind of happens on the sliding scale. I think that part of you know part of what you try to do to mitigate this is that you bring in guys who understand what the job is, right? And that explains going out and getting Chandler Jones because he's a guy who has experience playing as an eye-front, outside linebacker type who can help Max Crosby along. Then from there, like the rest of it, uh, most of it is just like fitting in body types, guys who can actually go out and do the job. Um, and, and a lot of that learning curve kind of happens within the front seven. For the most part, if you play corner or you play safety, I mean, that job has been that job for the most part across the entirety of your career, right? It's just about learning some of the simpler nuance or some of the more intricate nuances of, like, your communication or whatever the case may be. But up front is where most of the learning happens. Like I said, Chandler Jones, I think, is probably going to have to take on a pretty big role in, in helping everybody get up to speed on what it means to be a 3-4 outside backer, try to get bigger bodies on the interior. That might take a while to get used to. We definitely saw that with the Chargers last year with Brandon Staley, trying to get them, you know, in a different mentality on the interior. And they had a lot of growing pains in the run defense trying to get themselves together and obviously have to address a whole lot in terms of personnel this past off season. So that's really where I will be focusing most of my energy on and 
They already made some adjustments to the linebacker core. So those are the two position groups I think that kind of require the most attention is your defensive interior and your inside linebackers. Everything else I think they kind of have lined up to be able to make happen. And out in the secondary, whether you're in base or nickel or whatever the case, football is football for you out there. The further away you get from the line of scrimmage, I think the more you know one-on-one matchups it is. And that's not as much of a scheme concern for me. You know, a lot of folks talk about when they talk about the secondary, you know, uh, zone coverage or, or man-to-man, and some have advantages, some have disadvantages based on who your player is that's out there. They're more comfortable in a certain scheme. As far as a 3-4 or 4-3, what would you say is in the 3-4 is your biggest advantage or disadvantage that a team may have playing that kind of defense? So 3-4 for me, the biggest advantage, especially kind of relative to where the NFL is at right now, is I think it positions you better to handle – the outside zones and the bootlegs and the play-action passing that we're seeing. And a lot of that is because by playing the 3-4 or playing with the 3-4 philosophy, even when you're in your four-down nickel package, a lot of that is about not having to ask your linebackers to go fit the run right at the line of scrimmage, right? Like, there's this term that I've, I've heard from Kirby Smart. I'm, I'm sure he's not the one who birthed it, but I've heard it from him, and it, it stuck with me as a coach. And that's first level first, meaning – the biggest piece of being a successful 3-4 or odd front style of defense is that your interior defensive lineman can win the battle at the point of attack, right? And the more that they can do that, the slower your linebackers can play, and the slower your linebackers can play and use their vision more instead of just, um, you know, fitting the run at the line of scrimmage, like I said, the less airspace you're opening up in terms of play-action passing, you know, the RPO game, those intermediate passing windows, where you get those catch and runs, where something that already hurts is a 10 to 12 yard gain can now turn into an 18 to 22 yard gain after the catch, right? So that's the biggest thing, I think, in terms of making this transition from the 4 3 era, where, you know, I've kind of talked about it with the Legion of Boom in Seattle, and it existed before them as well, with, you know, the four, as far back as like the 46 defense and Buddy Ryan, right? Like, I think that now we're kind of transitioning into a new era, the 3 4, a more modernized version of the 3 4, and a lot of that is just to address the fact that these, you know, passing games have become so efficient at creating explosive offense, and a lot of this is kind of based on the threat of running outside zones. So I think that this defensive structure just puts you in the best position to address both. You know, one concern that a lot of Raider Nation has is the fact that last time the Raiders defense had a, a scheme that was somewhat complex. They were under Paul Gunther, and he just had so much going on that it, it, it's like they had to think too much and they couldn't react. Under Gus Bradley, they were able to just to go and play. It was just real quick, boom, boom, boom. Patrick right. Graham, it sounds like he's going to run multiple schemes and have different looks. Do you think that that is going to be difficult as far as having to think? Are these players going to have to think, or is there a way to kind of simplify it so they could just still go read and react? I mean, at the end of the day, he's a guy off the Patriots tree, right? So it would be disingenuous of me to say that it's just going to be simplified football. Right. That, that's just not the way that the guys who come up under Bill Belichick look at the game. So there's certainly going to be a large mental aspect of it. What I will say, you know, and this is not only from his time in New England, but working under Brian Flores as well, and I think a lot of these guys um, who have left the Belichick tree recently have in common is this characteristic of whatever it is that's necessary to get the advantage is what you are going to see the largest investment of their resources in. So, you know, whether it's playing a bunch of cover one, which you saw with, with Brian Flores when he felt like he had the corners, and then, you know, when they kind of took a step back in coverage the last year, year and a half, they played more cover three. You know, Bill Belichick has obviously been a major man coverage proponent, you know, as a coach over his, you know, the last five years or so of his career. Patrick Graham, to me, 
is probably the most malleable, I think, of the guys off the Belichick tree that are that are calling defenses right now from his time with the Giants. Um, you know, a couple of seasons ago, it was a lot of, like, drop eight and, you know, soft cover twos and playing split safety structures, a lot of softer zone coverage. And this last year when, when the Giants defense, I think, wasn't creating enough plays in the backfield to justify some of the softer zone coverage stuff, the adjustment that they made was to blitz more. You know, they spent a lot more pressure and played a lot more man coverage. And I think that they were kind of able to right the ship that way. So it will be hard for me to say that, hey, you know, it's going to be anything like Gus Bradley where it's like, hey, man, we're at four down front. We're playing with a single high safety in the middle of the field. It's straight cover three. We're not blitzing, and, and that's just what our defense is. That's certainly not going to be the case with Patrick Graham. But I would say as far as the silver lining where he might be different than Paul Gunther is, you're not going to walk into a game with like your entire menu of play calls <laughs> available to you. Right. It's going to be very focused in terms of, hey, this is what it's going to take to deal with Patrick Mahomes. This is what it takes to deal with Justin Herbert. This is what it takes to deal with Russell Wilson. You know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, and that's where I think the focus is going to be. So, from that perspective, I think that he's always going to be a defense coordinator that puts his defense and the personnel that he has available to him in the best chance to be successful. Talking right now with Deontay Lee from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Damon's got one for you. Yeah, Deontay, you had a tweet last night. It was the favorite thing about tracking NFL trends is what never changes. Cover one right. is and will forever be the defense that teams run when they want to get a team off the field. What is it about cover one that makes it that go-to defense? Well, at the end of the day, number one is it's matchup defense, right? It's the same as, you know, in, in the NBA, there's a reason why people don't play the 2-3, right? You know, you're, not, you're probably not going to be a championship-level defense in basketball if you're running a 2-3 or 3-2 zone. Because at the end of the day, the best way to deny the ball, to deny completion, to give your pass rushers a chance to get home is to play tight in coverage, right? And, you know, at the college level, there's a lot of talk about, like, playing these, like, very intricate match quarters concepts. And, you know, we talk about that at the high school level as well. In the NFL, where you can pay a guy 12 to $18 million to go be the best coverage guy that he can be, the expectation has to be that, hey, you can deal with a one-on-one matchup when we got to get off the football field on third down, when we need to deny a touchdown in the red zone. And that's just what it comes down to in the simplest form, is that it's the best thing in terms of matchups. I can keep my best corner on their best receiver. I can keep my linebacker, who's a coverage liability, in the box and away from covering you know, a very talented tight end. So you get to play football in that way, and it's been effective for a lot of guys. Like I said, I mean, any era of football that you look at, the one thing that has kind of carried over and, and has you know, been copied by everybody who's been successful that I know of defensively is that on third down, third and medium, third and six and seven, when it's time to get off the football field, you're rushing four or more, and you're playing strict man-to-man coverage because that's the best way to deny the football and give yourself a chance to get to fourth down. And that's exactly what we're hearing that Patrick Graham is going to want to do. And, and, and Deontay, this is great stuff. Uh, we only got a couple more questions for you. My man DeMond wanted to ask you a couple college questions. But before we do that, I wanted to ask about turnovers. I started off the show talking about turnovers and the later, Raiders' lack of turnovers last year. 24 total if you're talking about interceptions, fumble recoveries, and also getting teams off the field on fourth down. How does a defensive coordinator, how can Patrick Graham go into training camp, which is coming up in a couple weeks, and kind of emphasize, put that emphasis on, on trying to to create turnovers? Because I know you can't count on them, but, man, some teams are just really good at creating them. 
Man, so much of it is circumstantial, and it's hard to say because, you know, your ability to force turnovers in a year does not guarantee that you're going to be good at it the following year in the same way that a lack of forcing turnovers in one year, you know, is a signal that you don't have playmakers, you know. And I, I think at the NFL level, there are certainly guys, especially DBs, that you can look at and say, hey, this guy's got great ball skills and this guy might not, right? Like, that's certainly a possibility. But what I would say is, for them, the biggest way or one of the biggest ways to me in football that, that you can kind of use to as a gauge of whether or not you can force turnovers is whether or not you can affect the quarterback, right? And you can do that a multitude of ways. Number one, and I think most reliably, is with pressure. Can you get home with four? If you can get home with four, that means you got more guys in coverage. More guys in coverage mean bad decisions can turn into turnovers more often, right? So that's where you start with. Then you can think about it from a coverage perspective instead of pressure. You know, do you want to change the picture? Do you want to show single high and then roll to two high or show two high safeties and roll to single high? You know, uh, Patrick Graham is a guy who, who uses what we call simulated pressures where you're bringing a guy who's not a traditional pass rusher or from a position that's not a traditional pass rusher and you're dropping a guy who is in a position of a traditional pass rusher in the coverage, right? So you're still rushing four, but it gives the impression of a blitz. Maybe that confuses the quarterback. He tries to force the ball where there's going to be a coverage body. You get hands on it, force the turnover that way. Or he holds the ball for too long trying to figure out what the coverage shell is, and now you're able to affect it with pressure. So to me, it all comes down to the quarterback at the NFL level. And, and like I said, this is a guy that, you know, in, in the time that I've watched him as a play caller defensively, he's got about as full of toolbox as there is in terms of ways to try to change pictures and create confusion for an offense, for a protection scheme, for a quarterback. And that's something that I'm definitely looking forward to see him do with, with the Raiders. And I think that as they try to retool this defensive roster around him, it's going to be really important for him in year one and year two that he does kind of dig deep into that bag to try to create those turnover opportunities. Because it definitely was something that was, I think, sorely missed with Gus Bradley uh, last year. So there it is. There it was, Raider Nation. Hopefully that helped you understand what to possibly expect to see from a Patrick Graham defense or what you should be able to see from a Patrick Graham-led defense and where the hiccups might come from, where the struggles may come from, and how they could overcome that with a, a guy like Chandler Jones, a veteran who's been there, done that in that kind of scheme. You know, what kind of uh, pressure they can get on the quarterback, how they can get pressure on the quarterback, what you may see as far as disguises and, you know, how Trayvon Merrick and Trayvon Mullen and Jonathan Abram may be in different roles and, and how he can make them thrive the best in this defense. Defense. So I'm excited to see how it all shakes out. Of course, we'll see in training camp when it all gets started, the 18th for the rookies, the 20th for the veterans, and then it's all real, right? It all gets real. So I'm really glad that the Raiders have four preseason games this season, even though you're not going to see the starters playing in a lot of it. But just to know that Patrick Graham is going to be able to try to work out all the kinks on the defense before the bullets are live, before September 11th, and they head to SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation I had, and DeMond was on there as well from my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday with Deontay Lee from The Athletic. If you ever want to look him up on Twitter, at Deontay Lee FB on Twitter. Check him out. And like I said, he's dropping a piece on The Athletic where it's basically just a, a guide to all things defenses, what all the terminology means, so you'll never have to wonder what a, someone means when they say a certain kind of defense or a certain kind of coverage, this, that, and the other. So coming up and covering in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Again, that's next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Don't have much time here in this segment. Went a little long in segments one and two, but we'll go ahead and get a couple calls and texts in before we close things out. Let's start off with Raider Big C. He's calling to speak on his storylines as far as what he's looking forward to heading into training camp. And then he has a question for me about Raider Nation Radio 920. Here he is, Raider Big C. Hey, Q. It's Raider Big C from L.A. Just listen to your podcast today. Five storylines. I'm going to give you probably one or two. Um, it's under the radar, but I want to make sure that special teams still do, does what they do. You know, they have his Passaccia. You know, they both got extensions with the punter and the kicker. So I just want to make sure that A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson, you know, they keep doing what they're doing. You know, we got that special team corner, I believe, in the Broncos. Correct me if I'm wrong. wasn't ideal. So, you know, just, you know, just kind of keeping that radar because we relied a lot last year on Daniel Carlson, you know, make the field goals when we need the most. So you lost your, not only your special teams coach and, and then the interim head coach, you know, that's still going to play a big factor. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Um, so give me your thoughts on that. That's the only one I got. The second thing I want to know is, uh, you know, Radio Nation Radio going to be doing something. Are you going to be doing something week one here at our home opener? Yeah, that's right, our home opener. I'm going to be there, like always, my pops, but I just want to know. You guys plan on coming out, you know, maybe have a remote thing coming on, um, just because week one, um, you knew it, share the, share the share the idea that you got going in your head, and hopefully you're able to come out as well. All right, I know actually you weren't able to make it, but you got to come out and see how it is out in Profile when it's full of Raider fans, and we ain't saying no boats, crap. We're saying, Raider Big C from L.A. out. Raider Big C in L.A. right there. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And special teams is a good one. You know, that was talked about on uh, yesterday's show. Coach McMahon, he's the guy that is now in charge of that unit. He wasn't good in Denver. And his assistant, he came over from Green Bay. He wasn't good either, you know? I mean, there's a reason why Rich Passaccia is the highest-paid special teams coach in the league right now in Green Bay because they weren't very good. So the head guy, Coach McMahon, not very good in Denver. Assistant, not very good in Green Bay. So there you go. That's a really good storyline. As far as Raider Nation Radio 920 and the week one season opener, I'm sure we're going to do something in L.A. I'm sure we plan on being there, but I'll tell you, I haven't planned it yet. I haven't planned out anything that far out because, well, really, we're we're struggling. We're not struggling, but we we go by what the Raiders go by, what their schedule is, you know. So as they start releasing stuff for us, then we can start planning our plan our schedule out. So right now, we just barely got our plans for Canton, Ohio. I know my show is going to be live from the Hall of Fame, just like it was a year ago, and that was a lot of fun. So we'll have that. Obviously, we'll have a lot on the president that's going to be announced today, but we'll do something for the season opener in L.A. Please believe that. I mean, we're all over the place, so I'll let you know about it 
Trust me on that. Appreciate the call, my man. Next up, got a call from Geese Mode in the 669. He's calling to talk about what he thinks the NFL's sleeping on, and that's Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Here he is, Geese Mode in the 669. What's up, Q? It's Geese Mode calling from the 669. Firstly, I want to congratulate you on your meteoric rise in Raider Nation and all that you do. Secondly, I haven't checked in in a pod in a while, but I wanted to respond on some things that the whole league might be sleeping on. I, for one, am high on Derek Carr and Devontae Adams' connection and believe they're going to start fast and make something magical for us to watch this year. Looking back at their college days, together the year they won the Mountain West Championship, they really did something special, and not just for local fans, but all of Division I football. That year, Devontae Adams led all of NCAA in reception yards and reception touchdowns, and Derek Carr led in passing yards and passing touchdowns on top of winning their conference championship. To me, that means their chemistry will be on full display this year, and I know they'll be shutting down all the haters. This is our year to bring home some chips, and I'm stoked. LFG. Raiders. G-Smode right there in the 669. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I think Carter Adams, that connection, has a real chance to be special, right? That's something that Raider Nation should definitely be fired up about. Now, They've got to put it together, but I said this as I was on uh, ESPN National on Wednesday night. I was filling in for Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Uh, I said this, you know, I said that Adams and Waller will have something that they've never had in their careers, or at least as of late, and that's single coverage. Because Waller's never had single coverage as long as he's been a threat with the Raiders, and Devontae Adams, as long as he's been a stud in Green Bay, hasn't had single coverage. Now they're going to get single coverage because, well, if you double one of them, somebody's open. Oh, by the way, you have Hunter Renfro as well. So this opportunity that these guys have is massive they just have to take advantage of it they got to put it all together and when do they start putting it all together in training camp that starts later on this month thank you so much for that call my man i do appreciate you got a text from caden in reno yo q it's caden from reno my two most intriguing storylines heading into training camp is one the defense in general mostly the big guys up front and two where's jonathan abram going to be lined up Bonus, how Cleve Farrell will be at linebacker. Q, keep spreading the love and keep doing what you're doing. That's Caden and Reno. And thank you for the text, my man. One, the defense is definitely something to pay attention to. That's why I had uh, my guy Deontay Lee on, on my radio show, and that's why I brought it to the podcast. I thought that was a really good question and a really good conversation just to kind of get a little bit more knowledge on. Abram, he's got to play up somewhere close to the line of scrimmage, similar to what he did last season. If you put him out there as the two-high safety uh, across from Trayvon Merrick, I think you're setting yourself up from failure. I think he's going to play close to the line of scrimmage. And Cleve Farrell, I think he's going to have to battle for a job. Straight up. I think that that's going to be one of those spots in training camp that's going to be up for grabs. And Cleve Farrell's going to have to work his backside off to maintain his roster spot. I think he's really one of those dudes you can look at as on the roster bubble. But we'll see what happens. That's just my gut feeling. Thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. And that's really all I got time for on today's show. I got a call from Jordan in Oregon, JD in Salt Lake City. I'll definitely get those on tomorrow's show, no doubt about that. Uh, But I just ran out of time. I went too long in segments number one and number two. So thank you so much for all the feedback. I do appreciate you. You can always tweet at me, at your boy Q254. And, of course, you can always hit up the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Today on my radio show, Bucky Brooks, former Raider, also NFL Network, NFL.com. He's a analyst. He's going to be on my show at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time calling in. Also, Justin Mello from the Draft Network. He'll be talking Devontae Adams and Trayvon Merrick at 2.30. Excited about those two conversations. And you know, 
We're going to be talking a lot about the new Raiders president. Big day later on for the Silver and Black. Very excited about that. It all gets started at 1 p.m. this afternoon with the naming of the president. So there's going to be plenty to talk about here on the show as we close out the week really strong on tomorrow's show. So thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. Until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.